Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And for two years in a row, we have taken part in the Ethereal Summit in New York. This year, it's May 10th to 11th. Last year, we had Mr. Jesse Grushak, co-founder of the Ethereal Summit. This year, we have on Amanda Gutterman, who is the CMO of Consensus and also the co-founder of Ethereal. And in our chat today, we are going to talk about one, marketing in the crypto space. She has a history of marketing with the Huffington Post, worked with and studied under Ariana Huffington, and is gonna tell us about either the differences or the similarities of working marketing in the crypto space, as well as we're gonna go into the Ethereal Summit. And just to let you know, if you use the Crypto 101 promo code, which is in our show notes, you get 20% off. And I will see you at the Ethereal Summit in New York. Other events going on, we have a developers conference in San Diego called DevZilla. June 5th through 7th and using Crypto101's promo code also in the show notes you can get 10% off to see speakers such as Nick Zabo and don't forget if you like these episodes please share them on your social media your Twitter your Facebook make sure you recommend Crypto101 to your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe and like us and leave us a comment on iTunes Crypto101's second book is inching very quickly toward completion go to Crypto101podcast.com Enter your email to be notified when you can get your free book. It's free. You pay the shipping. It should be only about five bucks. We'll send that out to you called Crypto Revolution, talking about motivations, the reasons to be involved, to be looking, to be studying about cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and a great tutorial of how to get involved in the space. So please, Crypto101podcast.com, enter your email to be notified when that's ready to be released. And remember, this is not financial advice, legal advice, or trading advice. And especially not personal advice. And so without further ado, here's Miss Amanda Gutterman, CMO of Consensus, co-founder of Ethereal. We'll see you after the show. Amanda Gutterman, co-creator of Ethereal and CMO of Consensus, welcome to Crypto 101. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Excellent. You know what? I want to say thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I'm excited to go to Ethereal. Crypto 101 was there last year. We had a great time, got some great content, met some amazing people, and I'm excited to do it again. What about you? Are you excited for it to kick off this year? I am super excited. Every year it gets better and better. You came on a good year, though. Oh, really? Why did I come on a good year? It was the first time we really expanded our art program to be, uh, I mean, this year it's even more, but we had some amazing experiences. We had that Satoshi shrine. We had a really beautiful outdoor Zen zone. I feel like it was at a really good point in its evolution. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go into all, everything that's going to happen this year, some things that compared to last year as well. But before we get into that, I want to talk about you. I talked to Jesse last year. We got a little bit about his backstory, but Tell us about your backstory, maybe your professional career and growing up. Sure. Um, So I grew up in D.C. and then moved to New York about 10 years ago. I went to Columbia University. I started working for Ariana Huffington at the Huffington Post after I graduated. And I kind of learned about how digital media worked from that, learned how marketing worked. Um, I was lucky to have some one-on-one time with her and to really see a, a great leader up close. So I definitely benefited from that. And I came away thinking that the media business model had some problems. And I left and I started my own company called Slant. And we were trying to challenge the revenue model for content online. We would allow people to create 
content. So it's user-generated content. We would serve ads across it and we would pay the creator 70% of the revenue from the ads that we served on their content. So the idea was we'd provide people with an alternative to giving away their content for free um, and actually a mechanism to get paid for their work. And over the course of that, it, it went pretty spectacularly. We had a lot of college writers, a lot of journalism school writers, a lot of traffic because it was around the time that mainstream news outlets were paying more attention to news from college campuses. So we got a lot of traffic pretty quickly and we were doing well, but we were with the 70-30 deal. We often found ourselves splitting the dollar, splitting the cent, and we were paying significant amounts to intermediaries and transaction fees. And I wish I could say that I was a Bitcoin person from the very beginning. This just was not true. Uh, if I could go back and tap my former self on the shoulder and encourage myself to go buy some Bitcoins, I'd definitely do that. But I was vaguely familiar, but wasn't engaged with the community. But through the New York tech founder scene, and I found that it's a much smaller scene than San Francisco and generally more collaborative. I found the folks that were starting early consensus, and this was actually before Ethereum launched. So I met Joe, I met Sam, Andrew, all those folks, and they described this thing to me, basically a mechanism to have all these interactions, financial interactions without transaction fees, very fluidly being able to split a unit of currency down into n number of pieces uh, and send them directly to users. And my brain just lit up because I thought the media business model needs this. I think that the media business model is going to head somewhere where micropayments become really important. That's something that makes sense to me. There are a lot of business models in a lot of different industries that involve micropayments that don't make sense because of transaction fees, but that do make sense logically without them. And so that just really inspired me. And so when it came time to find my next home, I came back to Consensus and it was 50 people, um, maybe maybe a couple more than 50. And the company was really catalyzing its transition from an R&D focus to really forming up business models around certain things that we that we do. So that MetaMask and Fura, Truffle, et cetera, those were really forming up and getting significant traction. And it was a time when marketing was a new skill set to the company. Most of the people who worked in the company were engineers. So I, I introduced a new skill set to the company. Um, I was able to prove that that was a valuable skill set, was able to build a team. And um, one of the first things I did actually was partner with uh, Jesse and someone else in the company, Sarah Swathi, to start Ethereal. So that's kind of my story. Right on. There's a couple of things that you said there that really resonated with me. First is Ariana Huffington. Uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts that I listened to in the past, I think probably five years, was her interview with James Altucher. And I just heard talk about her journey and you know creating the Huffington Post and that whole journey and being a leader about being a woman in the space. When you were there, you said that you saw that there was problems in media and the whole business aspect of it or the way that they uh, monetize or the things that they have to do to create a profitable business. What were those things? And I'm not saying that you have to relate this directly to Huffington Post. Post, but what are those specifics that you said, hey, you know what, I can do this better, went to Slant Media. And then what did you see in the intermediaries that were also a, a hindrance on your success? And I would assume that's what your inspiration is when you heard about blockchain is to take out that middleman. Yeah, so those are kind of all separate questions. So the problem that I saw with digital media that led me to start Slant wasn't actually a business model problem. It was kind of a human problem. And it's that people weren't getting paid for creating content online. 
And part of that is the double spend problem online. Part of that is just that it's so easy to create content. Everyone can create content. It's hard to assign value to that content. And that was making it difficult for young people to break into being journalists because you know the salaries were really low correspondingly. There were way more people who could write well than actual spots to work at media companies. And so the reason that I uh, had the inspiration to do something like Slant was I wanted to provide the opportunity for young people to explore what it might be like to be journalists, to be content creators in a way that would actually remunerate them. So that's not kind of the macro problem that I see that's wrong with the digital media business model, though it is connected to it. But that was my motive. And, and, and that's a very human motive. In terms of the digital media industry, I mean, I think those problems are pretty much the same across most places. You see more and more digital media companies turning back to a subscriber model because they don't want to be dependent on middlemen like Facebook to give them all their traffic. Because one, you know, that means they don't own their own audience. Two, you know, if everyone's coming to Facebook and Google, the advertisers are going to spend their money on Facebook and Google ads, and they're maybe not going to be as eager to spend on ads that are placed on publisher sites. So you see things like the actual ad revenue on publisher sites dropping. And then in order to keep those numbers up, you see digital media companies, and this is something we went through a few years ago, kind of lowering the quality of the content to the lowest common denominator. I mean, these things are just generally true across many different sites. And so lowering the quality of the content to be the lowest common denominator so you get the most traffic. And it's just a race to the bottom, right? It's a race to the bottom with the value of the advertising dropping, with Facebook taking market share, with quality dropping. And so a lot of folks are turning to subscription models and that can be successful, but it's really much easier to be successful with a subscription model if you're a well-known entity. So if you're the New York Times or if you're the Wall Street Journal, maybe it's easier for you as a household name to be able to sell subscriptions as opposed to a startup. But we have seen some startups doing it well, right? Like you, you see the outline. Uh, I don't really know their numbers, but they seem to be doing well with the subscription model. There, there's also some really interesting stuff going on with blockchain and media. I think civil uh, is a really promising project that I'm excited about, though I personally am no longer in the uh, digital media game. So would it be safe to say that uh, laws like the EU's coming out with like the IP and the copyright laws um, for the internet is a good thing and a step in the right direction? And blockchain is kind of doing the same thing or enables people to do the same thing is to put their IP or in an NFT on the blockchain? Yeah, exactly. So, so I think blockchains are a powerful tool to help people who create things get remunerated for their work and to solve the double spend problem. Because if you can create a piece of work and have it double spent and copied all over the internet without you being remunerated, then it's very difficult for you to make a career around that. And that's why we're seeing this kind of squish of the creative class, so to speak. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's, there's only being an, an amazing musician and a starving musician. We're seeing, we're seeing less and less in the middle. Jaron Lanier at Microsoft actually wrote a great book, Dawn of the New Everything, Who Owns the Future? It covers a lot of these concepts. Highly recommend. Uh, but yeah, we're seeing that kind of squish because attribution doesn't work well. Remuneration doesn't get tied neatly to creation. And I think, yeah, blockchain has the potential to be a big part of solving that problem. Having such a rich history in marketing and media, what do you see that the differences between, uh, say, working for the Huffington Post or starting your own company and like the traditional aspects of, you know, run, running a business to this emerging industry, blockchain? How do you how do you approach marketing differently? 
when Ariana Huffington started the Huffington Post, digital media was an emerging industry. And that's something that's hard to remember. I mean, she arguably could be credited with starting it, or maybe maybe the Drudge Report was before her and thought of aggregation first. But, but she played a huge role in that. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's different. I think marketing is always about the same thing, which is about knowing your audience, figuring out what kinds of messages resonate with them and figuring out the channels that you're going to reach them on. And you iterate that, right? So I think um, there's definitely Key people in the blockchain community think that developers don't like marketing. Um, what I would argue is that a developer is just a different type of audience member. You can definitely market to a developer, but you need to think about the kinds of messages that that person would appreciate and find valuable. There's also a misconception in the blockchain space that marketing is is scammy or that it's just for ICOs. And um, it's interesting. We, we, we saw a lot of bad projects come out during the ICO craze, and you also saw a bunch of really good projects. And for a while, it was uh, challenging to separate the wheat from the chaff and the people putting out the good projects like consensus, boy, were we annoyed that there were some people putting out bad projects because it made it challenging for everyone. Um, but during that craze, uh, people were doing a lot of marketing. So marketing in the space became kind of mentally associated with that period in the development of the ecosystem, which isn't true. Um, so what I focus on is marketing products that people actually want to use and marketing them in ways that are accurate and, and flush with, uh, with what the thing actually does. And uh, we're very lucky at Consensus because we have a bunch of those. We've built some of the most used tools in the ecosystem and getting those to the right people and ensuring that they're able to to use them well is something that's really important to me. You know, that's interesting. I think you're probably one of the first or only people on the show to ever say that marketing or um, a specific skill set is pretty much the same from their old industry to blockchain or crypto industry. And I guess my follow question to what you just said was, yes, there are a lot of scams or bad projects or bad actors in the space. I would assume that has its unique challenges for a marketer to not only deliver the right message, but also clear up any bad misconceptions or any you know baggage that might come with words like crypto and blockchain. Interesting. So um, I don't think that marketing in this space is different from marketing in any other space. I think marketing is always about the same thing. Um, and it's the same framework. It's the same way of thinking about something. But the content, of course, is different. And so you get words like blockchain, words like ICO, you get the development of new vocabulary. What do you do with that vocabulary? Can you shape how it develops? I mean, there was a time when um, Long Island Ice Tea added the word blockchain to their name and saw, you know, their their <laughs> stock explode. So so it's, it's interesting. And, and now people say, you know, was it crypto winter? So, so words have these cycles and mm -hmm. go through all these different kind of perceptual uh, moments. And, you know, I think someday we're not going to be using the word blockchain to describe much at all because it's going to be so ubiquitous and everything. When I, when I start a company that's digital, I don't say my digital startup. I mean, maybe in some context, but I don't say it all the time. It's kind of assumed that I have a web company. So um, I think that's where we're going to be with blockchain. And the debate over whether we use the word, whether we don't use the word, you know, whether it's in, whether it's out, I think the focus is just about making the technology ubiquitous and pervasive. And I think in many cases, it's not something that the blockchain isn't something that the consumer would actually interact with directly. And so that experience would be masked anyway. So I think it's kind of a moot point. 
when you're talking about digital and blockchain is those are just kind of like, you know, assumptions that blockchain will be assumption. No, of course, blockchain is a buzzword these days. And you don't have to say, like you said, my digital company, my digital startup. Uh, that's a really good point. Uh, but one company that is very much created for blockchain startups is Consensus. Could you do us a favor and give us a brief history and a one-on-one on what is Consensus before we move into Ethereal? Yeah, absolutely. So so Consensus is really the blockchain company from soup to nut. And we do a lot of different things. Um, Consensus has been around over four years now. Um, it was started by Joseph Lubin, who's one of the co-founders of Ethereum. And he started it in order to help power Ethereum usage by creating things that people would actually want to do, creating applications, creating tools. And in order to do some of these things, whether that's identity, whether that's games, whether that's your reputation, whatever it is you can dream up to do on a blockchain, you need certain tools to be able to even make those things. So we had these aspirations of things that we wanted to build. We used that to guide the building of tooling that people could use to actually get there. And we've been able to launch a bunch of successful products and projects. So that's the first part of the company that that venture studio. Um, it's it's set up as a venture studio, similar to a Betaworks or a Techstars, and it spins out applications. So those can be all, all kinds of things. Basically, everything you can think of on a blockchain, identity, music. You know, pretty much every vertical, we have some kind of project. Then the second part, consensus, that really emerged was what we call consensus solutions. And it turned out that a bunch of enterprises and governments, uh, increasingly so, are interested in using a blockchain or learning about a blockchain. And so we built this group to be able to advise them and to educate them and to build custom blockchains for each of these groups. Then another group to, to, to kind of emerge in consensus history is Consensus Academy. Basically, we were hiring a bunch of blockchain developers and there weren't enough around to even hire. And the skill set is so in demand that we figured, why don't we grow our own developers? Why don't we help educate you know, existing Web2 developers and help them transform into Web3 devs who can build on the Ethereum blockchain? So we, we launched Consensus Academy. So that's those are some of the big parts of the business. We've been compared to sort of like the alphabet of blockchain or the alphabet of crypto. Uh, I don't know if that comparison would make everybody happy since I think we're, we're trying to do it pretty differently. But it's a good way to get toward the idea that we do a lot of different things, but they're concentrated around, you know, a driving technology and philosophy. Right. Just to let you know, I, re I really liked what you said. You said uh, soup to nuts. So I had to look it up. And I was like, okay, what is where does soup to nuts come from? And it comes from the starter of a, it's like a full course meal. Yeah, yeah you, start start with the, the you start with the soup, you end up with the nuts. You end with the nuts. And I guess the Latin, uh, Latin has this phrase uh, too, it's called eggs to apples. I didn't know that. So had to look that up. I'd rather have soup and nuts than eggs and apples. Oh, and unless they're scrambled, you know, I like scrambled eggs with hash browns. That does sound good. It does sound good. On a croissant, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just asking about um, going back to consensus. Consensus had a rough year in 2018 and uh, well, 2019 as well. And there was, a, there was some layoffs. There was some uh, funding problems. You guys cut back a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that might have affected Ethereal before we go into Ethereal? So Ethereal is strong and not affected at all. And I would really push back on the idea consensus had a rough year. It was a 13% headcount reduction, really quite small. 
Okay. So Ethereal is a standalone entity. It, it, it makes its own revenue. It has its own employees. It has its own team. It has nothing to do with consensus. Ethereal is a project within consensus that has a team that has a budget. And Ethereal has been unencumbered and encouraged to move forward. And I feel as confident as ever in the planning and execution. We're, we're, we're very happy with the resources that we have for this project from consensus. Cool. So what is this project, Ethereal, from consensus? Can you give us a one-on-one on it? Sure. So I started Ethereal with Jesse Grushak and Saraswati Subaraman. We came up with the idea in 2016, if you can believe that there were people thinking about blockchain and crypto in 2016. And we noticed that there were starting to be blockchain events. There were blockchain events for enterprises. There were blockchain events for kind of crypto investors. There were blockchain events for developers. But what was missing was a cultural event. And... Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Our thesis, which is which is still the thesis we have, is that the Web 3.0, which is what we call kind of the blockchain-based world, uh, is going to have a cultural impact on people, the same way that the emergence of the Web 1.0 had a cultural impact on people and society. And our idea was that we should bring more stakeholders to the table than just enterprises and developers. We need to bring together the artists, the musicians, the futurists, the philosophers, the influencers, the, the humanitarian the government officials, we need to bring them all together to decide in a human way what we want to build for the Web 3.0. And so we we started Ethereal with that intention. Um, We started it as a much more kind of adventurous and imaginative type of blockchain event than what you saw in the market at that point, uh, with art integrated, with music integrated, with kind of a a festival vibe, uh, but with really smart talks and some of the best people in the space and some of the best people outside the space weighing in on it. And we, we, we brought that together and um, had the first ethereal in May uh, 2017. Then we also brought it to San Francisco uh, this year. Then it happened again in 2018 in, in New York. And this year we have ethereal in New York. We also have an ethereal in San Francisco. And we are taking the brand international for the first time with an ethereal in Berlin and an ethereal in Tel Aviv. So stay tuned for when we're able to announce those dates. I'm excited. I'm going to Berlin. It's already in my calendar, even though there's not a date yet. Great. <laughs> What's the difference between this year and last year? How has it grown? What did you learn from last year that you said, you know what, we can do that better? And I assume, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, I every time I do an interview, there's been 250 interviews, and every interview, I say I could do it better, and I keep learning. What have you learned? I mean, every year we learn a ton. We learn about, you know, all kinds of logistical things that you don't see that are behind the scenes at a conference. 
uh, like you have to leave time in between people's speaking slots to rearrange the stage. Uh, you know, we, we learn we learn all these kind of micro lessons that actually go a really long way. Like if someone's going to be standing in front of a screen that is having an image projected against it, and you have all of that person's bio and Twitter handle in the lower third, which they're standing against, then people aren't going to be able to see it because the person's silhouette is 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 in between the projector and the the screen. So I mean, there right. there are all kinds of things that people don't see uh, that we get better at. I think we're, we're we're getting better at capacity for sure. I mean, you weren't at the first one, but we we had crazy capacity problems. I think because I'd never thrown a giant blockchain event before, and I wasn't sure whether mm-hmm. people would show up. It's like throwing a birthday party. You're so nervous, nobody's going to come. Um, right. And then everyone showed up, all of them right at 8:30 a.m. when we opened the doors, and it was wow, okay. pandemonium and. It was more people than we expected, less attrition. The fire department, you know, had a stern conversation with me. I think I cried. It was it was a lot, but it was great. Also, it was really beautiful. Um, it was um, a wonderful energy. Uh, it was way too hot. We, we hadn't calibrated the air conditioning right because there was a heat wave that first year. The coin mm-hmm. desk coverage, the, the coin desk coverage was, you know, it was really incredible. It called it a spiritual experience, almost like everyone was in, was in a sweat lodge with with the heat in this place. It was it was really hilarious, and I think everyone loved it. I think everyone really got into it because they could feel that it was it was part of it was it was part of history. It was the first time we'd done this, and last year, which you came to, was a lot more professional. <laughs> I'd say we had a pretty big delta between last year and this year, um, between the first year and last year. Um, between last year and this year, probably one of my favorite things is we have Pioneer Works. And I'm so excited Ooh, to introduce that? the blockchain community to Pioneer Works. It's such an amazing art space in Red Hook, Brooklyn. It was started by this amazing artist, Dustin Yellen. And it's, re- it's really incredible. Just a, just a gorgeous space, just on a whole, whole new level compared to our venues in the past. Um, it has arts, you know, just integrated in, into its DNA and it has crypto in its DNA. They uh, they actually have a crypto art exhibit up right now. So I'm super excited to be hosting it there, bringing the arts in even more. We have a bigger art auction going on with Portion.io, which is fantastic, with 15 pieces of art that we're auctioning off on the blockchain. Uh, we have our Zen Zone, which we're known for, which is a place to get some rest and respite away from the hustle of the talks and of the main area of the conference. You know, we're going to have food trucks and people are going to be paying for food using the burner wallet, using the blockchain, which I think is going to be great. A lot of folks in the community had a first experience with that at East Denver, and we're, we're trying to scale that experience. The talks themselves um, are, you know, we're getting better speakers and more exciting content every year. And also continuing to be a very diverse blockchain event. Uh, last year, we had over 50% women speakers, a lot of minority speakers. This year, we can say the same. Uh, we have something like 40% women attendees each year, which is kind of unheard of at a, at a blockchain conference that isn't specifically marketed toward women. So that's something we're really proud of, too. One of the things I'm really interested is in the operations. Like, I don't think anybody understands like how much work actually goes into an event or, you know, organizing what you said about like the lower third of the screen, like this is a a meeting that you had to have with somebody and discuss how to do it better. And this is time. So over the course of a year, you're having multiple meetings and multiple, you know, sitting down with multiple people just to talk about like projections and screens. And that's not even talking about, you know, people and sitting and tickets and websites and promotions and all these other things. There's a lot going on with an event and it's also all happening at once and you can't change 
your deadline. It's like downhill skiing. You're, you're going to get to the bottom yeah. <laughs> and either you're going to be in one piece or you're going to be in 15 pieces. Right. So yep. that's how you get disasters <laughs> like fire festival. Right. So they, they were downhill skiing and they arrived in 15 pieces. You, unlike, <laughs> un, unlike a product, you can't delay the launch date because everybody's going to actually show up on a certain date at a certain time and you have to be ready. And it's something that we've been so, getting better and better at and that it's, it's really very fun. So who's going to be at Ethereal this year? So, Besides me wandering around, of course. <laughs> I mean, we're going to have all kinds of people from, from different walks of life. Um, and that's, that's a big part of our identity. So whether that's investors, entrepreneurs, philosophers, humanitarians, artists, government officials, developers, um, we, really, we really bring together a, a pretty broad swath of, of humanity. And we have some great talks. I mean, we, we, we have a lot more emphasis on enterprise Ethereum this year. We have York Rhodes from Microsoft, Jay Chu from Oracle, Phil Kamarni from Salesforce. We have um, a lot of folks who are crypto analysts and investors talking about how to approach the crypto space because we're at a really interesting moment, like Tushar Jain from Multicoin Capital, Chris Berniski from Placeholder, Travis Kling from Ikigai, Tom Shaughnessy, Mike Novogratz, Debbie Wan, Nathaniel Whitmore, really cool people. We have founders, developers, Amber Baldet from Clover, Georgios from Loom, Randy Staff from MLB Crypto, Devin Finzer of OpenSea, Galia Benartzi from Bancor, and we have amazing involvement from the Ethereum Foundation. Uh, we have Ethereum Core Dev, Danny Ryan speaking, and also uh, the executive director, Aya Miyaguchi, who's actually come um, a number of times and, and spoken at Ethereal. And she usually uses Ethereal as an opportunity to announce uh, where the DevCon location is going to be. So cool stuff, great speakers, will be great food, great music, great art. And um, it, it's really how we, how we bring blockchain to life. And if anybody's in New York and wants to attend Ethereal Summit, go to etherealsummit.com and use Crypto 101 promo code where you can find in the show notes. With all of that that you said right now, I feel that you have something very unique. And New York Blockchain Week is just a massive event. I mean, you have fluidity, consensus, Ethereal, a lot of different things going on, after parties, pre-game parties, bars after work or after the conferences, uh, events within the conferences. What makes Ethereal? Because you know, I, you know, if you're if you're somebody like Crypto One One or you know a blockchain company, you can go to the mall. You just show up and say, "Hey, what's up?" I think you even have magical crypto friends or something. They're doing a, an event too that week. But what separates you from all the other ones? If somebody was flying in from say Cleveland and said, "I wanted to go to one just to, to just to go to an event," why would they choose Ethereal over all these other events? I, I have nothing against any other events, but. The, the big difference of course is not. <laughs> ethereal is an enjoyable experience. <laughs> um, I think that's the big difference. It, it, it's, an ex it's an enjoyable experience. It's designed to be consciousness expanding. It's designed to be a place to experience, a place to grow. It's not a sensory deprivation chamber. It's a place to authentically connect with people. You won't be packed in like sardines. You won't be in a room with a bunch of guys in suits with all white walls being served rolls gold pretzels out of a box. This is an aesthetic experience. It's a narrative and storytelling experience. And it's also a place for the blockchain space to connect and to play. And you don't see that anywhere else at Blockchain Week. That sounds awesome. You know, 
Crypto 101 is branded and positioned to be one of the first places somebody comes into the space will be listening to podcasts and getting information. You know, and some people might have got in to cryptocurrency just this year. It's still early in the year for the first quarter. It's just finished. You know, they made it got in, in 2000, early 2019. And they're like, you know what? We're going to check out this event. We're going to check out Ethereum. We're going to go listen to these speakers. What would you, being in the space, tell this new person coming in the space? First, advice about being in the space. And second, about navigating a blockchain or cryptocurrency event conference. Yeah, I would say um, Ethereal is an amazing opportunity to meet people in the community that are connected, that are authentic, that have all the right intentions. These aren't just people that are trying to make a quick buck and you know pump and dump some kind of token. These are people that believe in the potential for blockchain to change the world in a positive way to create you know the foundation of better systems for humanity more more choices for people more opportunities for people and th this is the place where those people come uh, to connect and to plan and to get broader context than just enterprises or just developers and so i, I think that you know of, of all the places you could go to start your journey this is this is where you can connect with the spirit that was behind the advent of blockchains this is the spirit that I think inspired the Vitalics of the world, maybe the Satoshis of the world to, to create. And this is a way to get back to that kind of source. Um, and it's not necessarily a technical event, so you don't have to be a developer. It's not necessarily an insider event, so you don't have to be an insider. It's designed to welcome people. And I think our space needs to welcome people because we need people from all kinds of different walks of life, from all kinds of different skill sets in order to be successful. I hope that a bunch of people come that don't know about blockchain, but that are marketers or don't know about blockchain, but are lead NGOs. Uh, and because I think the blockchain space is going to impact them and it also has opportunities to offer them. And this is this is a great first step to taking advantage of those opportunities. And what would you tell the the truck driver, the bartender, the waiter, the waitress, the average Joe that's going to come in and say, you know what, this is something that I'm very interested in. How would you tell them to navigate the space? Well, it's actually interesting because we are having those conversations because the people that are managing the food trucks at the event need to be able to interact with a blockchain-based system in order to check people out that are coming to get food. And those conversations are super interesting and they're fascinated by this new technology and they, they care about making sure it's usable. I mean, I, I think it's a great way to talk to users. Like if you, if you can mm. explain blockchain to, to the person who is, um, is checking people out at, at the line at a food cart, if you can't do that, then you can't explain blockchain to anybody and you should be out of a job if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're a blockchain marketer, right? So so it's, it's all about right. usability. It's all about accessibility. It's all about inclusion. And I think, you know, new, new transformative technologies, whether it's blockchain, whether it's AI, whatever it is, it can seem intimidating. And sometimes experts, quote unquote, present this intentionally as being intimidating because, you know, if the barrier to entry is high, then their value is higher than if the barrier to entry is low and anyone could do it. Uh, but our job is to do the opposite. Our job is to welcome people in and to show people that the barrier to entry isn't as high as you think. And I say that to folks about, you know, blockchain development all the time. People think it's really difficult to do, but there's a, there are amazing courses out there, or that's Consensus Academy or elsewhere. People think, you know, learning to market a blockchain, wow, that's a really different skill set. No, it's not. It's, it's the same thing, but for blockchain products. 
So, so I think it's really important that we be very welcoming. And I think Ethereal is a great place to, to showcase that. Did you go to F Denver? I did. I loved F Denver. Um, Oh, really? Okay, cool. I was there too. But they used the Buffy dye there for the food trucks. It's going to be like it's that. It's going to be like that. Oh, that was cool. That was a really cool feature. I think that's a, I think that's a really amazing idea. And that's a, a consensus guy, Austin Griffith, who made the Burner Wallet. Really, really cool stuff. And oh, we're, cool. We're fortunate to have him working on our uh, wallet for Ethereal. It won't be it won't awesome. be branded with the Buffacorn though. That's just a that's a particularity of East Denver. Awesome, awesome, Amanda Gutterman. I want to say thank you very much for the half hour of your time uh, coming on the show to talk about not only marketing consensus ethereal, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in New York. Me too. Can't wait. See you there. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. Amanda, thank you very much for coming on the show. And I can't wait to see you at Ethereal Summit. And everybody remember the promo code for 20% off is in the show notes. Also, Devzilla, 10% off in the show notes. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at crypto underscore underscore 101 and join our Facebook community, Crypto 101 on Facebook. And in our next episode, we have a Zillica streamer update and we have a lot more 101s on other coins and projects. I'm looking forward to bringing that to you. And before we go, here is Mr. Aaron Paul with a message for you about ICO 101. Yo, yo, everyone. Welcome back to the new and improved ICO 101. I sincerely missed all of you, and I'm happy to be popping back up into your podcast feed. I want to take a couple minutes to talk to you about the new direction of ICO 101. Now, before I do that, and this is very important, you need to know that we are back on our original feed. So if you're already subscribed to ICO 101 podcast, then you have no other work to do except to listen as we pop up. For those of you who are used to me being on the Crypto 101 feed, then take a moment, just pause just for a second and subscribe to ICO 101 podcast on any medium you listen to podcasts these days. As always, you can find me on Twitter at SUP Aaron Paul or at ICO101podcast. Now let me get back to the brand and the direction we're heading in. Sometime last year, Matthew and I noticed a real problematic gap in the crypto community. That gap was between those who are in the space and those who are not, but wanna be. And especially those looking to step into the space in more of an entrepreneurship or freelance role. If you wanna be in business in the community and do not fall into a certain clique or a group, you were a nobody or too noob to be of any value. Another problem we all witnessed last year was the systemic failure of startups in the space. And I know, I know, those were scams, so they deserved it. But is that always the case? I don't think so. Most of the time, they were not. I've spoken to many brilliant people, both online and offline, and the majority of these businesses were very well intended, but failed anyways. They simply lacked the tools necessary to be successful. Some were even humble enough to ask for help in different areas and still didn't make it. Admittedly, no one's an expert in everything, including myself. So entrepreneurs want into a whole new market, but don't know how to access it. Then there are crypto and blockchain founders. They want additional tools and tactics to offset their weaknesses in their organization, even if their company's weaknesses lie in themselves. There are things no one is talking about in the crypto space. Instead, it's just an echo chamber of those who are in the space talking to each other about the space, while there are real people out there wanting to level up both personally and professionally. And further, no one is putting it out there for free. The tools and tactics companies need to break into the crypto and blockchain community. No one is putting out there for free tools and tactics to level themselves up in this space. And that is now our mission at ICO 101. 
That mission is to give startup, crypto, and blockchain entrepreneurs the tools and tactics to break into the space while we will equally provide content for existing crypto and blockchain startups, the tools and tactics to level up their businesses in a very crowded crypto and blockchain industry. This is where ICO 101 has positioned itself, and I just know that you guys will gain so much out of this. We are going to do this by having discussions with leading experts in fields that may not specialize in crypto or blockchain per se, yet they are experts in their respective fields, allowing us to pull from them those tools and tactics and actionable items that any startup company or person wanting to do business in this industry can act upon immediately. Examples include Branding 101, The Secret Sauce Your Company Is Missing, Communications 101, how to speak to your community, side hustle 101, how to start a six-figure crypto business, break in 101, how to break in to this industry or any industry for that matter, and so much more. The shows are going to be much shorter, action-packed, and straight to the point. Episodes will drop into your feed on Monday morning so you can start your week off right. We have episodes ready to drop, so stay tuned. Finally, if you're an entrepreneur or the head of a company or any successful company, if you come from outside of crypto and you broke in, if you are a freelancer making over 10K per month, or if you feel you can provide any value to the community in order to help these businesses level up and get yourself some exposure, then reach out to me on Twitter at SUP Aaron Paul or at ICO101podcast. I would love to chat with you and see if we can get you on the show. Again, I'm truly excited to be getting these episodes out to you. Coming this Monday, we'll be dropping Branding 101, the secret sauce your company is missing with the great Kobe Gatsby. You don't want to miss it. Thank you, Aaron. And we will see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.